You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode is brought to you by Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class is an online video platform geared towards making you a better hunter. Watch instructional videos taught by hunting experts like Remy Warren, Randy Newberg, and Corey Jacobson. After the hunt, learn how to prepare your harvest from world-class wild game chefs like Hank Shaw and Jamie Tagan. Whether it's your first year hunting or you grew up doing it, Outdoor Class will take your skills up a notch. Use code EMPIRE20 at checkout to save 20% off. Visit OutdoorClass.com to learn more. Bowtech Archery prides themselves on offering a bow for everyone. Whether you have a short draw length, a long draw length, pull 70 pounds or 40 pounds, you're a bow hunter or a target archer, they offer a bow that can be customized to fit your body type. On top of that, their deadlock technology allows you to fine-tune your arrow flight. Visit BowTechArchery.com and check out the SR350 and the CP28. Bowtech Archery, refuse to follow. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Paul. So we're going to talk. We're going to talk. We're going to jump right into it. But last week, you have to tell us that episode. Because I don't think everyone saw Everyone listened to the show. One, thank you. But two, they didn't see our Instagram reel. Our Giannis episode, that was 50, 50 episodes, man. Can you believe that? that 50 was, that was freaking our, episodes. That was our 50th. Yeah. We didn't even think about it. Yeah. And so thank you again to everybody who has been out there and listening and supporting and liking and commenting and all that kind of stuff. Um, God, we love you guys. Literally last year at yeah. this time, it was like this brilliant idea that I came up with. And hey, Paul, you want to do this? And Never in my wildest dreams would I have thought it would have evolved into what it's been. Insane. Absolutely insane. It's it's it, it's because of you guys listening, click and download every week. It's you know, our sponsors, Tethered, Go Wild, First Light. Thank you to all three of those organizations, the people involved with them, man. We're very, very grateful for your support. All of our guests that have been on the show. Yeah, all of our guests. We've had just some freaking awesome people on the show, man. And it, it's just it's getting better. I mean, it just it's going to keep getting better. We're we're trying to learn how to do this and ask questions and not sound like dumbasses. But man, fifty episodes, 
quite a feat for us, I think. So thank you, thank you all. So. And and last week when we were screwing around, you found our demo episodes that we sent to Emperor Dan Johnson. We will never. We could not. Ever we could get through those. them. I looked at you. I'm like, how did how did we end up here, man? We've well, come we've come a long off. way. We're not listening. to <laughs> I it. wanted to listen no. to it. it was fun. And if you guys if you guys came in after you know if you came in like episode five or six. You missed it, but we had we had a, a, a partner in crime, Corey, who uh, didn't didn't want to stick it stick it out. But uh, yeah, it was it was <laughs> this is a fun dynamic on the on the episode. So yes, thank you to everyone listening. Thank you for uh, you know communicate with us on on Go Wild and Instagram, uh, and thanks to our sponsors. Man, what a ride! I'm looking forward to another hopefully 50 episodes and what a, what a ride! Yes, absolutely. So well, Paul. It's the most wonderful week of the year. Uh, is it the week that the Cleveland Browns shit the bed against the Jets? Is that the week that That's we're talking every about? week, Paul. That You're a Browns, Browns fan. You just wrecked suck. your car. I hate them and love them. I had followed them on all shows for me. I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I, 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 I need like, I need a break. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take like a month break. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna follow any Brown. I just, I'm just not. I'm not Luckily, the it. bungles are just bungling down there too. So I don't even. I, I'm so checked out from NFL football at this point. I don't even know. Don't even know. Buckeyes so, put on a pretty good show the other night. Yeah, if you're from Toledo, sorry about that ass whooping y'all took. But yeah, what a what a what a game. Yeah, a lot of a lot of fireworks there on the offensive side. I think they still got a lot to. Uh, sure up there. Uh, the team up north is this is the sports segment brought to you by the O2 podcast now. So we get back to what we all give a shit about. Oh, my God. It's the week, man. It, it is, the, is week. the week. What is this week, Andrew? It is the opening week for the state for deer archery Deer archery on Saturday. Man. And I'll be out there and I might be sweating and I don't care. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it seems like relatively did you. Mild, did I know. send you the forecast? Did yeah, you see that lows in the 40s and. It goes from 88 as the high on Wednesday here yeah. to 64 on Thursday as the high. God, I wish we could hunt that cold front. <laughs> Can you imagine? I know. Like, we, we, we've talked to, like, Dan Johnson and some of these other guys. And they're like, oh, October cold fronts are bullshit. You know, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. That's a massive swing. I mean, there's either going to be one heck of a storm rolling through, and it's going to just pound everything. Well, or it, I think that night, Wednesday night, there's supposed to be thunderstorms, which would even be better. They'll be all hunkered down. They'll be up and going there sat yeah. Thursday morning. Let's hope so. But. It doesn't matter because we can't do anything. Now, if you're up there in that uh, that CWD zone, the DSA area, uh, that might be a solid uh, call in to late to work the next yeah, morning yeah. there Thursday. But yeah, if, if 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 you guys are listening and you've hunted up there, you've hunted up there once. If you've hunted up there, had any success? I mean, give us a call, man. Shoot us shoot us a message on Go Wild or Instagram. I like to hear how that how that hunt's been, and yeah, we want to hear about it. So yeah, for sure. But yes, it is Paul, and um, I don't know. Are you going out Saturday? I am. My son and I are going to go out. We're going to go out to a public land spot here in uh, Eastern Ohio. We've got our spot picked out. So we'll see, man. You got your spot picked out yet? Give it hell. I think so. Yeah. I think I got a pretty good idea. So yeah, I saw air. You know, everyone knows. It's like you're starting to see acorns on the ground, and oh, I don't know, like fun. hickory nuts. Like are deer into hickory nuts? I don't think. I think the tan levels are too high. Yeah, I don't think that's so. palatable. But I mean, the, I guess if they're hungry enough, they're going to eat anything, right? But if you find those white oaks, man, you're going to find gold right now. Yeah, the spot that we're going to go to out at this public land—I mean, you and I were out there it was just covered up with white oak. So it's pretty. Put trail camera out there. We're going to 
go out there and see what we can get into. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I'm 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 very very excited about this uh, this uh, deer hunting season, archery season. So first time in a long time, got to uh, get up in the saddle, man. Like in a hunting scenario for the first time, it's going to be good. I'm I'm thinking about getting there kind of like obnoxiously early, just to get myself a little. I you know I don't want to be like rushing up the tree. You know I want to be able to like go up. 10 feet panic for a little bit and then go up another eight feet panic and then set my platform and move on so so i'll just my two cents on that when you're going into the dark into a place that you're not super familiar with there's a few things to do like in my opinion take your time yeah what is it slow is smooth and smooth is fast just ease your way up make sure you know if you start getting all huffy and puffy and you'll get pissed and you're sweating and everything else so just take your time. Um, the other thing is make sure the tree you're climbing up is alive. Yeah, for sure. And at this time of the year, it's easier because you've got leaves Leaf to look color. up. Yeah. Shine, shine that light up there. Make sure there's leaves before you start climbing. Because the last yeah. thing you want to do is get up there in a tree that's not structurally Dead. sound yeah. and then uh, sit there and worry about that the whole time. So yeah. good, good, good advice. I'm looking forward to it, man. I get We'll see. You got a nice little, nice little spot, man. I got a lot of, a lot of high hopes for this hunting season. So, so. we did something fun last week. What did we do? I forget. Wednesday night, we were special guests on the Missouri Woods and Water podcast. So they are another show uh, on our network, Sportsman's Empire. Man, awesome group of guys. Nate I like, I like those guys. Yeah, man. It was, it was, it was fun. I enjoyed, I enjoyed getting to talk to them, man. So. So listen to this show. Go over, check out Missouri Woods and Water. We all had we had quite a few drinks. Micah did not drink because he was still recovering from a bottle of Jack, I believe, to the face no, a couple it, days earlier. Was it Jack? No, it was Rittenhouse. Uh, Rittenhouse, yeah. Whatever that is. So whiskey. But oh. but yeah, that was fun. Uh, and it was. Got to just kind of shoot shit with those guys. Yeah. Um, it was a good talk, man. We talked for talked for quite a while. I think it'd be good. Hopefully it's a good episode for yeah, them. So it's yeah, uh, give them some love. Missouri Woods and Water. Yep. When this drops, it's going to be the day before. I think theirs comes out to thir- on Thursday. Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. the Tuesday. 20th. So. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, if we're even on that episode, who knows? Yeah. So I'm doing the uh, Mitchell Shirk, the Pennsylvania Woodsman podcast on Wednesday. We're doing me and uh, a turkey a fall turkey hunting legend, Brett Berry from Northern Ohio, will be doing Mitch's show. So you can hunt turkeys in the fall, Andrew. It's not uh, just a spring sport. So, man, I cannot wait. October for me, turkey season. How'd you like that picture I sent you today? It was pretty good. Up the cabin there in, in the, the, the hills of Pennsylvania, a bunch of freaking turkeys walking around the front yard. Yeah, it got passed along to me. Uh, but, yeah. I don't know if it's a good sign for turkey population. I mean, anytime you see a flock of birds, they're good size. Yeah. Like that. They're healthy for sure. There's um, a lot of them. You know, it can't hurt anything. So, no, definitely not. Hopefully that continues. Definitely not. So, what do we got, man? News from around this beautiful state. What do we got? The monarch migration has begun, it's underway. Oh, cool. So, we always hear about pollinators being important, and they are very um but the monarchs are making their way down to mexico um couple tip or uh tidbits of information on this is that uh you know milkweed's really important it is they can use milkweed at all times of their life so oh i did not know that i thought that milkweed was the only plant that the caterpillar could feed on and that was why it was imperative for the monarch development i did not know that they used it throughout their life cycle i am no monarch expert and do not claim to be. But uh, in what I was reading, so they, the 
it's the only plant that they can use for their entire lifespan. So, what would you call a monarch expert? Would that be like a monarchist? <laughs> Monarcharian. <laughs> Monarcharian. Uh, um, that's pretty cool. I mean, we're talking like millions of butterflies. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Do you know they can fly fifty to a hundred miles a day? That's insane. That's stupid. Have you ever seen a like a monarch? They fly like sideways half the time. It, dude, they f- they're flapping those little wings like. We're not walking fifty or a hundred no. miles a day, and we got you got big legs. Like, <laughs> was a fat joke. That no long long strides. That's yes, just I do. That's crazy. So yeah, no, that's cool, man. Cool. I I I didn't know that that was uh, underway, and I know Ohio, man. There's probably a lot of them coming through from Canada. So let's see. We got uh, the H two O program. If you're not familiar with that, we've talked about it a little bit on this show, but it's a program that Governor DeWine instituted uh, a couple of years ago. It's wetland habitat restoration and, and various projects throughout the state, but a lot of good things come out of that program, I think. Uh, so there were two new wetland projects announced last week, uh, the Oak Woods Nature Preserve East and West. So there's going to be two two new projects, two new wetlands restored there. Pretty, pretty neat there. Up so. near Finley, Hancock County. 142 total acres. There's a lot. There's a lot of uh, a lot of acres that have been been conserved through that program. So, you know, it's one of those. I know that uh, you know if 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 a governor gets voted out of office or terms out, that some of these programs, you know, get get canceled or pet projects, whatever the hell you want to call them. But this is one I like to see continue for you know for a couple of years. So, another kind of big big. Uh, News pro or news story here. It's the NWTF National Monetary Federation's Conservation Week, September 18th through the 24th. So, what that is, it's just a way to highlight the work that the National Wild Turkey Federation has done in the respective regions. So, we're not going to talk about the respective region, we're going to talk about Ohio, where we live. And I mean, I am very proud to be a part of the NWTF. I've talked about it at nauseum, I'm not going to talk about that anymore. But, two things, Andrew, that I want to highlight to the listeners of the show that the NWTF in this state have done. This is coming from the state chapter of the National Wild Turkey Federation. The volunteers and the members of that organization in this state last year purchased 1,200 acres along Shawnee State Forest, converted it to public access in perpetuity. There's going to be a conservation easement on there. That's always going to be land that we can hunt on. And it's really nice, really nice property. I was down there this year. It's, it's a lot of turkeys down there. So that was fun. And another thing that's really, I know you hear about a ton uh, it's really come to the forefront of kind of the modern turkey hunter, and that's turkey research. There's been a ton of turkey research that's gone on over the last 50 years, uh, and then there's just more is needed. You know, we really need to see why the decline of turkey populations are happening. And in the, in the state, the state chapter, Andrew, funded to the tune of $50,000 the a wild turkey nesting and brood habitat research project. Uh, Dr. Bob Gates from Ohio State is going to lead that project. They're going to start trapping turkeys on public land uh, in February of 2023. So something cool, I don't know if I told you, we're going to go down and we're going to film that process. We're going to be able to put that out and uh, and show our listeners the work that's going on. That with that be, research project, so yeah, it's going to be sweet. really cool. We'll see the we'll see the the whole process of banding turkeys and putting the uh, the radio collars on them and everything. So it's going to be really neat. I'm looking forward to that. So I know, thanks to Doctor Gates for, for and Paul. I know that. you know you're the turkey minded one here, but the uh, I always know if I'm driving down the road and I've got a two hour work work trip ahead of me that I can call you and we can just talk about turkeys. You're damn right. Because you know I always get on some tangent about what's going on and yeah. I heard this and what do you think of that and. What was the most recent one we were talking about? 
herbicides or herbicides, yeah, insecticides and, and affected the impact on on wild turkeys. And we talked for a while about that. So, yeah, mm. but I think, we won't we won't dive down that hole yet because it's you know deer hunting season. No one cares. But if you do care, feel free to call me. I'll talk to you about it all day. Yeah. <laughs> So, but I mean, what's good for the wild turkey is good for the grouse. It's good for the pheasant. It's good for the white-tailed deer. It's good for everything. And so, I mean, that's I think that's the two things that are really good. And that's just two two easy projects to highlight. I mean, the work that's been done in the state from that conservation organization, the NWTF, and all and really all the other ones. There's been a lot of projects. I mean, Pheasants Forever just bought a huge piece of property in North Central Ohio, uh, kind of north of Marion, northeast of Marion, for I, I want to say it was like 900 acres for public hunting and it's managed for upland game oh wow you know grouse uh well not necessarily grouse but uh quail and pheasant so a lot of work man your conservation dollars are being used in the state so if you're not a member of the nwtf pheasants forever ducks unlimited national deer association google it you can get on nwtf.org boom you get some free stuff to join this week so that's what we uh we got going on in the world of conservation so all right so a couple other news stories that we are uh, working on here. Oh, man. I got hat samples in the truck for you. I forgot to show you. Oh, boy. Hat samples, man. You Coming know, your way, guys. I, I'm a hat person. You so. are a hat person. I got. I got, I got. picked this out, one of the uh, the foam hats with the ropes on it. Oh, you guys are going to love it. The trashy trucker hats. I freaking love those things. They're going to be sweet. You guys are going to like them. And that's your ad there for uh, trashy trucker hats. Yep. So back to the news. <laughs> back to the news. Coshocton County. We've got Ohio Tree Farm Field Day. Um, so this is one. Uh, go on to ODNR's website and look it up. But it's going to be October 1st from 9 to 2. And they're going to talk a lot about uh, managing invasive species, wildlife habitat management, selecting heart selection harvest, and salvage harvesting, tree planting, etc. Got some foresters going to work on that. It is in... Tiverton Timber Tree Farm and Brinkhaven, Ohio. So all the, all the details are on there. It sounds cool. If it's something you want to learn more about, uh, there you go. Let's see what else we got. Um, the renovated Indian Creek shooting range is now back open to the public, uh, down in Brown County, Fayetteville. Uh, if you guys, Need to get out down there and get your guns warmed up there for gun season. That's a, another one. So I think that's about all the news. Yeah. Um, I want to do something fun with our listeners this this deer. This, I'm not even going to call it deer season. This hunting season, this fall and winter hunting season. I want, I want to call it. And tell me what you think about this. I want to call it the O2 Hunt Camp. So if you harvest an animal, deer, Turkey, pheasant, waterfowl, doesn't matter. Cool story. First time going out, kid, you know, it doesn't matter. If it's a cool story and you want to talk about it, share some pictures, get in contact with us. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Go Wild. You know, if it's if you're if it's good enough, we'll have you on the show. What do you think? I think it'd be fun. I'm in. Quick little quick little O2 hunt uh, hunt camp segment. So keep uh keep them coming, man. I get I get a lot of people that the that hit me up on Instagram and, and, and want to hear uh, hear people come on. So I'd love to have you guys on. Shout out to my buddy Mike on Instagram for for saying, "Hey man, let's make that happen." So O two Hunt Camp, let's do it. All right. So while we're on some of this stuff, Paul and I we uh, we've got a Patreon that we opened up. All right. So if you 
Oh, I thought it was an OnlyFans. No, no, that's oh. different. Um, the Patreon is uh, com slash DO2podcast, all right? Uh, so we kind of went back and forth on if we were going to do this uh, in the long run, but here we are. So we did it. If you're not familiar with Patreon, basically you help support the show. Uh, you can sign up for a monthly, basically subscription, and it, we will get you a T-shirt, uh, some stickers, uh, maybe a koozie, something like that. But we'll get that out to you. Uh, not just at- a T-shirt. The Pro Two staff. I can't even say that with a straight face. The Pro Two. Like the what? What do they call? Are they called pro staffs? The pro yes. two staff. So, because <laughs> <I love laughs> those shirts are awesome too. By the way, uh, yes, yeah. uh, we we've named our our membership tier the pro staff, but we got our our logo in there, yeah. so it's kind of like the pro two staff. And just have fun with it, man. This is not like a paid pro staff position. Yeah, we're this not. Is, you know, <laughs> it's a joke. If anything, yeah, we're making fun of the the hunting douche pro staffs uh, that everyone wants to get on. Hell, I wouldn't mind being on a couple of them. If I'm being yeah. honest, but but in reality reality it is it would help support the show right yeah. so and we're we're gonna do some fun stuff with it we got some stuff planned. absolutely we've talked to some of our guests about maybe having live q a live q a sessions for yeah. patreon only members so um i think our, our membership staff or our pro two staff is uh, ten dollar a month is a tier if it's something you're in- interested in feel free we, we appreciate you and uh if not We'll still keep giving you yeah. free. You get a little gift bag or something. Yeah, we'll yeah. do the. Wh- who would who would your number one live question and answer session guest be with some listeners? Who would you want to hear the most? Who would you want to talk to? It's easy for me. I'm going to say Dave Owens, but I just got to talk to Dave Owens last week for two hours. That was freaking awesome. Josh Carney would be he would be super entertaining as a live q a guest because he's freaking hilarious tonk would be another one that i'd want to hear yeah for sure from the state get in you could he'd be fun i don't know let us know let us know who you want to see if you haven't learned anything in the last 51 episodes we will reach out to literally anybody it doesn't matter if they're interesting they got a great story they're fun they're entertaining they you know they they can provide value we'll try to get them on the show because some of those people are cool man yeah i don't know who I mean, because we we basically do question and answer, so I, it's yeah. for for me, Mark Kenyon. I mean, I think I'd like Kenyon to just cool, yeah. kind of shoot shit with him. We usually get yeah. pretty business related on this, but we've been trying Donald Trump Jr. too, getting him on the show. Yeah, because he's yeah. a big time hunter. Tough reach out to get him on there. Be good. and uh, Joe Rogan. That and... son of a bitch, Joe Rogan, didn't return our email. No, Joe, did. you were just Come here on, on Saturday. Joe. You could have just stopped by the compound and and done a quick interview with him. We could have pulled up a five gallon bucket for him. We had a headset. Yeah, make it big. Joe Rogan doesn't call back the little tiny podcast guys. Jeez. <laughs> Anyways. Joe, if you're listening, I'm just being. Patreon.com slash the O2 podcast. Yep. So also shout out to our guys over at Go Wild. Appreciate you uh, helping us along the way. You got some cool stuff up on their TikTok, dude. dude they're they're killing it right now. <laughs> they are killing it, man. I'm so happy for that crew. So funny, all of them that are there. They've they've worked so hard, man. They've built a great culture. They got a great program. Tons, tons of stuff available right now on their website. The days of shit being delayed, man. I think we're kind of getting past that. They got a lot of stock. They got a lot of inventory. A lot of projects or products available. So if you're trying to you know get something to get geared up for for early goose, for waterfowl, for deer, for turkey, and I mean they got all of it. Clothes, backpacks, everything. You know what I I love about them, and we we could, we talk to them all the time, but <laughs> they run a hunting and angling website, right? Yes. Or 
app, whatever you want to call it. But they're just like us, man. Yeah, they're they're cool. just like us. When they're out there testing their saddles or screwing around fishing with different types of things and making mistakes, I mean, they are not. No offense, guys, but because I know you're listening, Braden and and Derek. Appreciate now, Derek, you. Derek is he's pretty legit. He goes out and just kills that everything. Dude's a killer. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, we're all we're all just trying to figure it out, right? And enjoy this ride that is known, you know, yeah. as as the outdoor in, you know world. So, yeah. I know that they've caught flack for some stuff that they said on their their podcast, mm-hmm. um, and they're like, "Look, we're not experts," and and I appreciate that. It's it's back to the. Uh, you know, we're all we're all just figuring it out as we go. Yeah, right? That's it, man. There's there's a lot of people out there, and I'm sure we've got a ton of our listeners are like, God, these guys are dumb. One, we are dumb, yes. But two, uh, I like talking to those guys that are just better at it. You know, if I was the extra, this would be boring, right? Like, I don't know, man. I like learning stuff like that. So good stuff going on at Go Wild. We got our boys from Tethered. Uh man, I've talked about it. I'm excited. I've got my Phantom XL locked in, ready to go. I've got some some questions about kind of like the process of like the tweaks that people make, you know, to their gear. And I think it's one of those things that the first like five or six times I go up the tree, I'm like, oh, well, the next time I'm going to do this. And then, you know, the next time I'm, you know, just that learning curve. So I'm looking forward to that. TetherNation.com, they still got a lot of their stuff in stock. I got the Skeletor sticks. Those things are pretty sweet. We they're got, they're a good follow on Instagram too. I, they are. Are they the one? They're doing uh, just the tip Tuesday. Just the tip Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, spit on it and go. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where they give you tips about saddle hunting, Paul. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we'll we'll have to out to out to dive into those more. I've watched I've watched quite a few of them, but Ernie Ernie and those guys are pretty good. So new partners, Beards of Legend, Beards of Legend dot com. Don't be a schmuck. Your beard's looking great. Start getting some oil on that thing, man. It's oil bomb. It's I was going to tell you, no, I was going to tell you, I hope I kill a buck this weekend because wow. it's starting. I, I'm, I can't, I don't know. I, I'm so o- proud of you, OCD dude. or something. No, it looks it's like great. bothering me. Yeah. I use the products. Beardthelegend.com. They got uh, all sorts of bombs, oils. There's some tattoo cream that's out there. There's a women's line coming out, man. It's pretty, pretty cool. If you enter code legend at checkout, you save yourself 10%. So, and of course I'm going to be head to toe, buddy. Well, not head to toe, but. I will. Yeah, you'll be head to toe. First light. I'm looking forward to that. I am going to wear my leafy suit that I bought for turkey season for this early deer. So I'm going to go like the wick, just T-shirt, because it's going to be hot. And then that, that leafy suit is, is vented. It's just like mesh with the leafy and then the sawbuck pants. So I bought a pair of the light boots. Have I talked about those on this show yet? So it's a group out of... Somebody. Oh, we were talking yeah, to group, again. Yeah, out of... Out of uh, I want to say they're like Alabama. It's L-I-T-E boots. So you can find them on Instagram. You can Google them. But, dude, these boots weigh 13 ounces per boot. So they're like injection molded. They're super light. They're durable. I am very, very impressed with the light boots. So, And they're 80 bucks. That is nothing for a, for a pair of boots. And, they're I mean, they I like them better than my, my big-ass like Irish Shedder boots that I bought a couple years ago. And if you were for Irish Shedder, I'm not talking bad about your product. I literally have four pair of your boots, but they're just heavy, right? They're heavy. They're cumbersome. These are light. So big fan of those. Yeah. Not sponsors. This not show. sponsors. I just like their stuff, man. I saw them. I actually saw them at the NWTF show. I'm like, damn, these are, these are boots. Right. So big fan. So Can't back, wait to back to the first light stuff. That's what uh, this week's episode's about. And um, we we had the opportunity to sit down with Josh uh, Hilliard from First Light. 
and he works what, in their marketing department or whatever. But great stick, man. What a dude. Um, Damn good hunter, too. Very good He's hunter. He's in Idaho right now with I, Mark Kenyon. What, trout fishing or hunting something sheep? I don't know. I think so. It. Um, He's good. But, and actually, he was a hard one to tie down because he's got so much going on. Yeah. They've already been to South Carolina, killed yeah, a nice buck, a, down there, got a, got a buck down there, helped or... with a guy kill bucks down yeah. there. So, um, Good for, dude. For me, this weekend, it's it's light, man. It's probably obsidian pants. Yeah. I got wick, the obsidians, too. I bought in spring. Wick yeah. uh, up top. I don't Remember know. The, that wick hoodie. That thing's pretty sweet. And those are, I mean, if you're, I know first light can be kind of pricey. It is kind of pricey for a lot of stuff. But those wick layers, those base layers are very affordable. They are awesome. And that's what Josh, he would talk about in the episode. What's the one thing that you would buy if you're being price conscious? You want to get into it? Base layers. That wick hoodie is sweet. Yeah. Start there, man. Yeah. Just if you want to, if you want to try it. And um, yeah, because you just dip your toe in it. And then as time goes on, you can continue to build stuff. You know, you know Rome wasn't yeah. built overnight. Uh, type of I- idea, really, uh, with that kind of stuff. The other thing is watch for sales. Every once in a while, man, they got sales. They Dude, just they got just ran done thirty percent off sale, thirty percent off on a lot of stuff. And then I know usually around Thanksgiving they got their gravy boat sale. But what a good name! That's a long way away. So if uh, you guys are interested in any more of that, their website firstlight.com. I'm still waiting for that transfer pack to come out. Yeah, the thing. So yeah, this is. I mean, it, dude, this is not. A forty-five minute commercial for first light. This is a good talk about gear. Good talk about fabrics. What you're looking for, how to layer. This is good. I thought it was a really. I thought it was a really good talk. So you're gonna learn a lot, even if you're not a first light fan. If it's something you're never gonna buy, like you're still gonna learn something. So they, they don't have it for sale. I looked this morning. Even the notify me on the uh, on the transfer pack. It's not there yet. So Josh, if you're listening, what's up, man? Come on, get that notify me button up there. They're uh, they're working on it. I'm sure. So yeah, they are. Anywho, um, let's see. We'll wrap her up here for our segment, but the O2 podcast.com. That's the website. Patreon.com slash the O2 podcast. The O2 podcast. Um, the, the dot, dot O2, O2 podcast. Three Instagram. O2 dot podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then preferred social media. O2 podcast on Go Wild. Go Wild. Yeah. So. Well, buddy. There's a lot going on, man. There's a lot going on. I don't I can't even keep up with all of it anymore. But I can't. All I care about is Saturday. Oh, it's going to be awesome, man. I can't wait. I hope we both smoke a doe on, on Saturday. I hope my son shoots a deer. I hope I smoke a huge buck so I can cut this damn beard. No, don't cut it. You look good, dude. <laughs> Beardsalegend.com, bro. I'll bring you some free stuff. Okay. Well, we, maybe we can talk about that. So, yeah, Anywho, good. Um, good luck, guys, if you get out there and ladies uh, this weekend. And I get it. If, if September 24th isn't your ideal time to get out in the woods and... Maybe just get out and yeah. do something. Else. And if you do tag us yes. in your pictures on Instagram, go wild. I hate to say this. There's even a damn Facebook with o- the O2 Facebook is on there. You can tag us on that. You can follow us on that. You can do whatever you want. There's also you can get us on literally every social media. And and okay, we want to we want to bring. This is a community, man. This is a community of hunters in the state of Ohio. Let's let's amp, let's ramp that up. Absolutely. And if you can't find us on some of these things, whether it's. Uh, facebook or whatever let's try ohio outdoors podcast look for our little logo yeah because sometimes um yeah the seo stuff gets kind of weird yeah if you just search ohio outdoors it's we're gonna pop up the o2 podcast there might be some schmucks over in england talking about soccer or whatever the hell they talk about but yeah other than that man o2 podcast the o2 podcast.com click contact you can email either months or i yep. if you so please 
Thanks, guys. Thanks again. We appreciate it. Have a great week, and uh, good luck. Let's hear about some dead deer next week. See ya. And what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast today. Uh, Paul is on his traveling road show, but more importantly, we've got our special guest, Mr. Josh Hilliard from First Light. Josh, how are you today? I'm good, guys. How you doing? Oh, we're hanging in there. So, um, man, uh, let's just start right off the bat. You've been busy, and we haven't even really kind of officially opened deer season in Ohio yet, but uh, you've already helped get one on the ground. You want to tell us a little bit about what you've been up to? Yeah. Yeah, man. It has been busy. Um, got my whitetail season started uh, uh, well earlier this year than I, than I typically do. Um, you know, like you, I'm in Michigan, so, so our season doesn't usually come in until uh, October 1st. Um, but I had the opportunity to go down to South Carolina uh, a couple of weeks ago already. I think we're down there like August 21st, 22nd is when I started hunting down there. Um, and, and was hunting whitetails in, in velvet with a, with a rifle in, uh, South Carolina. It was a, it was definitely an interesting hunt. Um, uh, certainly not what I'm used to with the humidity and, and all that kind of stuff, but man, it was a, it was a great time and, and, uh, I'd do it all over again. It sounds like the most ass backward thing for an Ohio, <laughs> an Ohio hunter that, you know, you don't hunt in August, uh, or in velvet or with a rifle and yeah. all that. So um what i'm just curious is it like ten thousand degrees and covered in bugs the whole time or how comfortable you know, is that it? my thoughts were going to be it was going to be just like unbearably hot and lots of bugs it was it was pretty darn hot um we kind of hit it at an okay time where they're they're saying it could be a lot worse but like we had like temps in the mid to upper 80s i think a couple days maybe we hit low 90s but the biggest thing down there is just the humidity. Like you, you'd walk outside of the, the house and it would just be like, like a brick wall of, of humidity. Um, so it always felt hotter than it was. Cause you just like start sweating immediately. Um, and then we were doing a bunch of hanging hunts too. So it was just like, it was hot and uh, we worked hard and, and uh, had a good time. But yeah, man, like hunting velvet whitetails in August with the rifles is definitely like a strange thing for a, uh, guys like you and I that are that are up here in the north and don't typically get started until you know uh, it feels like fall and then and then typically like rifle seasons or firearm seasons are these like short like windows of like one or two week periods and later in the season so yeah it just felt really weird um, I actually started with the bow for the first couple of days and then uh, it, it came apparent that if, <laughs> if anything was going to happen probably needed to, to switch over to the rifle and, and we hunted with the rifle the last couple of days um, yeah, man, uh, bugs weren't too bad. We were running thermocells, um, seemed to help a little bit. Like even when we shut them off, like the, the bugs were not unbearable. Um, so that was a, that was a, a good surprise, I guess that, that the bugs weren't as bad as I thought they'd be. What was the deer movement like? Was it, I mean, are they bed yeah. most of the day? Yeah, it was like movement was like real close to dark, um, I, you know, more both morning and 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 evening hunts. Um, like a long a long sit for us was like two hours. I mean, it was just like uh, maybe two and a half hours. Like you, you'd get out there and all the movement would be right around that you know first first half hour of the morning and the last half hour before dark and and 
closer to the dark, closer to dark we got, the, the more movement. Typically, those bucks are moving pretty, pretty tight um, to shooting light. So it, that made it a little bit tough um, getting on deer. Uh, but it was nice because we, we weren't sitting out, you know, five, six hours of, you know, in the, in the hot sun in the afternoon. Like we weren't going out at like two o'clock or going out at like six o'clock, you know, right. um, made it a little bit more bearable. And you guys were able to take one down, right? Yeah. So we actually, um, we actually had two deer down in camp, um, over the, over the week, uh, hunting down there with a, a buddy by the name of Mark Haslam. Um, uh, he runs the Southeast whitetail podcast and, uh, actually just got done recording a podcast here with him this morning. So doing the whole podcast thing today. Uh, but yeah, he shot a really nice velvet buck. I think it was like the third morning we shot it in the morning. Um, so he killed as his best one, uh, best velvet buck ever down there. And he's been doing that hunt for quite a few years. It's really nice deer, uh, weighed at like 200 pounds, which is a, which is a, a, a nice deer for down that way. And, uh, we rough scored him at like just shy, like 130 inches or something like that. So awesome buck. And then, uh, he had a buddy that was in, in camp too, that, uh, killed like a, a nice three and a half year old eight pointer, uh, last night we were there. So a couple deer in camp, it felt good to, to get a couple deer up on the, up in their skin and shed down there and, and, uh, remember what that's all about. And, uh, you know, we had a couple beers around, uh, around looking at deer, which is, uh, always makes it feel like fall, even if it's 95 degrees in August. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, talking about the, the heat and everything, you know, we're going to talk about first light clothing, all that kind of stuff. Um, before we get into, you know, kind of picking and choosing and all that kind of stuff, do you want, can you give us a little background, um, for some of the listeners who might not really know kind of the history of first light and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, for me personally, it was introduced to me two or three years ago, really. But before then, you know, I did all my camo shopping at Walmart or big box store, sure. XYZ, whatever, until I, I tried to dip my toe in the water and kind of went head first. But, uh, you know, can you give us a rundown of kind of how, how they got going out there? Yeah. Yeah. So our company is, um, First Light is, is headquartered in Haley, Idaho. Uh, which is a, a Sun Valley out there, just beautiful spot. Um, got its start as essentially a, a company that was making uh, base layers uh, in merino wool, kind of one of the first companies to start printing camouflage on merino wool. Um, uh, the founders of the company were were big backcountry skiers, and they always wore you know merino on their on their backcountry skiing adventures. Um, you know, they, they got the thing is like, well, Hey, we do, we do a lot of the same stuff when we're hunting elk and all that kind of stuff in, in the mountains. And, um, how, how can we get this more of a, a hunting application? So they, they figured out how to, uh, get Merino, uh, wool, uh, printed with camouflage and, um, uh, rest is kind of the history kind of started out as a, as a Western focused company with, with base layers and started expanding, you know, into outerwear, um, geared towards like the mobile hunter out west and and then within the last you know um number of years have have really started to expand our product lineup and and now we have a full you know essentially a full whitetail line of of first light outerwear base layers mid layers um just launched a waterfowl line this year so really kind of encompassing um you know all the the major hunting uh categories that are out there right now with, with our gear which is awesome so um you know me being a whitetail guy uh definitely definitely have, have focused the the 
most of my attention on the whitetail lineup here and, and what I can speak to uh, the most. Um, but man, it's, it's just, um, it's some great stuff. I've, I've really been impressed with the gear we, we, we already had in the lineup and the gear that's coming out uh, that has been launched in this year has been, has been just awesome and has really filled some nice holes and a couple of my favorite pieces have come out this year. So I'm excited for the 2022 season and, and we're always pushing the limits. So um, they'll, they'll continue to be uh, good gear coming down the road as well. I think you, you might have just broke Paul's heart a little bit because you, you said we got every all the big things covered, but we didn't talk about turkeys. <laughs> but I can I can oh. I can vouch that the whitetail stuff uh, definitely uh, keeps oh, you yeah. hidden during turkey season. There, there's there's been a pile of turkeys killed in Spectre. There's been a pile of turkeys killed in and and uh, Fusion. There's been a pile of turkeys killed in Cipher. So it, it's uh it's all killed turkeys, and and you can find you know there's there's a lot of crossover with our stuff where it's, you know, it's maybe made for a specific reason, but, um, you know, as technical outerwear, technical hunting gear, but like it can certainly cross over to different, different applications as well. You know, Josh, I, I switched over to the Spectre pattern this year for turkey season. And I was, I was thrilled with it, man. I, I got the leafy yeah. suit, the, the long sleeve wick and the, obsidian pants I, I couldn't have been more happy with it honestly so i mean if, if i'm so. just messing with you that's Paul. awesome yeah no <laughs> just make it make a damn turkey vest josh that's all I need. <laughs> well uh, noted noted we'll, we'll i'll keep that I'll, I'll pass that along to the product team um no but yeah i mean the specter camouflage was, was was built to be used in the elevated position with with some of the um, you know the the depth of, of focus on it and the, the the shape disruption and some of the angles that it uses um but it's certainly you know uh, the majority of whitetail hunting is done from an elevated position whether it's a you know a, a tree stand or a saddle or a, a tripod stand or a box blind or whatever most of it's done from an elevated position but um, it can certainly be uh, you know effective uh, at ground level too when it needs to be so josh when we're looking um to start in the introduction side of of first light mm-hmm. i know um you know i've had some people reach out to me asking okay well kind of where do i start with this uh yep. what are some of the most important pieces and yep uh when, when we talk about the base layers i mean you mentioned the merino wool uh i know yep. when you look on the website there the 37.5 is listed all over um yep. merino it's kind of old school but kind of new school at the same time. Am I right? Because it's like uh, back in the day they used to wear a lot of wool and then yep. basically the world went to cotton and now we're back to the wool thing. And I guess what are some yep. of the benefits if we're going to start base layer Merino wool, what are, what are some of the benefits and, and, and different things that people can expect? Yeah, there's a lot of benefits to, to Merino wool. Um, first and foremost, it's going to keep you warm and wet. Um, so it's got good like thermo, you know, thermoregulation in your body, um, kind of that microclimate around your body. Um, so it's, it's going to keep you warm and wet. Um, it's, it's silent, you know, it's, it's a very, very silent material. You're not going to get a you know, bunch of scratchy noises or, or crinkly noises or anything like that. Uh, there's no shine to it. So it like absorbs UV, you know, the UV, uh, uh, radiation, if you will. So you're, you're not going to like, uh, stick out like a sore thumb, like shining with like UV, uh, reflecting off the off the gear and maybe like the biggest benefit to merino wool is it's uh, 
scent mitigation, if you will. So like, it's not gonna, it's not going to stink up right away. Like some synthetics may, um, if you're, if you're wearing them for multi, you know, uh, a number of days in a row, like a lot of times the synthetic is going to start to get that, that odor smell or you're going to, you know, the classic like BO or whatever, um, in some of those high sweat areas, uh, merino wool is, is not going to start smelling like that. It's, it's naturally like an odor resistant, um, material. So that is a huge factor when you're talking about, you know, being on a, on a backcountry hunt where you're going to be hiking and, and walking and, and up and down mountains, or even in the whitetail woods where you're, you know, hiking back a couple miles on a piece of public land on a, on a multi-day hunt, you're not going to stink up and start uh, smelling real bad. Like you're, you're not going to be able to like, um, you know, you're not going to be like, wonder what the heck that smell is when you, when you start lifting your arms up and smelling yourself. So <laughs> it's a naturally kind of like odor resistant material, which is great. I can attest to, to what you're talking about and um, kind of, in Ohio, we opened up uh, last weekend um, with our DSA disease surveillance area for CWD. They opened up a couple weeks early. So I ran up there mm-hmm. and I did a hanging hunt and I walked. It wasn't even wasn't two miles. It was a half a mile or so into this area. I was even though I tried to take my time, I was sweating like uh, unbelievably. Right. I was soaking wet <laughs> and I'm notorious for getting once I would get wet, then I get really cold, even though it's still 80 degrees out, it, you know. I would, couldn't believe how regulated everything was. Like I wasn't hot. I wasn't cold. I, once I got up in the tree and situated, I threw my, I had a uh, kiln hoodie. I think it was the lightest one I had. I've rectified that, but, um, the, you know, I, I wasn't hot. I wasn't cold. I was completely comfortable. Even though I know I was soaking wet, it was amazing how the material like kept me comfortable. I, I don't know how else to explain it, you know? Yeah, it's going to like pull that like humidity away from your skin. So, um, and that's one of the, uh, I know you mentioned like the 37.5 technology. We can, we can hit on that here. I think it's probably a good spot to talk about that. So like our wick, our wick base layers or, or anything that you see that is, is uh, mentioned in arrow wool. Uh, if, if you notice there's arrow wool and there's Merino X. So arrow wool is going to be like our, our wick base layers. Um, and that's a blend of, of Merino wool and then, synthetic material that's infused with 37.5 active technology and what that is it's basically like um it's a it's going to help with that with that regulation of your body temperature the the humidity around your microclimate they call it so like next to skin kind of stuff so 37.5 degrees celsius is going to be like your ideal body temperature um to you know uh, we're talking about like maximum performance, all that kind of stuff. But 37.5 degrees Celsius is, is your max or like your, your peak or, or ideal body temperature. And then also 37.5% humidity is going to be the, the, the ideal humidity around your microclimate, if you will. And so that 37.5 active technology is going to help regulate temperature. It's going to, it's going to let, you know, that water evaporate out through the, uh, through the garment. And then also the, the 37.5 technology is going to help on the scent side where it's going to help capture uh, some of those odor molecules and it, it attaches onto them until it's laundered. And once you launder that garment, those, those are released and, and sent out through the washing machine. So it's kind of a, it, it was a, it was a, it was meant to be used with, with Merino wool. So it's like a perfect, 
um, kind of like a perfect marriage of, of, of Merino wool and this, this 37.5 active technology. We've got a ton of videos on our site that go into a lot of detail about it and some of like the, the science behind it. I, I would recommend checking those out if you haven't done so already. There's a, we have a tab on our website that just says learn. It talks all about our camo patterns and our technology that we use, all that kind of stuff. Spend some time in there because that's going to do a much better job of explaining it um, in depth and actual some scientific, um, you know, terms than, than I can probably do here on the podcast. But, um, you know, it, it's, you know, it's going to, it's going to boost that thermal regulation that the Merino wool is, is already doing. It's almost like it's injecting it with, um, you know, steroids, if you will, and, and making everything just work better and, and together. It's going to help stuff dry faster. Um, all that good stuff. And it really does it both from the heat of the early season and then later in the year when it's cold out, right? Exactly. Yep. Yep. So, so, uh, and, and let me just, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of back up and say one. So I said that's in the, the wick base layers. It's also in a ton of our outerwear. So from the white tail, from the white tail perspective, like all the three major like outerwear categories all have the 37.5 technology in it as well. The Catalyst System, Solitude, and Sanctuary 2.0 all have uh, 35 or 37.5 technology uh, in them. So the more garments that you're wearing that have that technology built in, the the more effective it's going to be as you continue to stack layers with with 37.5 active technology. So, um, and I know I mentioned Merino X. So let me just I'll just talk about that real quick. That's that's like our our kiln series, so like our midweight base layers. And then the furnace series are Merino X. And essentially what that is, it's 95% Merino with 5% spandex, um, just to kind of help the garment keep its its shape. You know, when you're wearing it on a multi-day hunt, you're not going to start getting, you know, a saggy look to it. That that spandex is, spandex is going to kind of help um, hold that shape longer. And then also when you launder those garments, it's going to kind of help tighten everything back up and, and keep its shape um, uh, as you use the garment. So I'm brand new to this. I mean, well, we'll pretend. Mm-hmm. We'll pretend. Okay. Sure. And there's the, there's no beating around the bush. I mean, y- you get what you pay for here. It's expensive, yep. but I, I mean, it, it's just the best stuff I ever, I've ever worn. And uh, probably to a fault that now my closet is mostly <laughs> first light stuff. But um, if you're just trying to figure this out for the first time, what are some pieces that you might look at or considerations yeah. that say, Hey, we're going to buy some base layers. We're going to give them a shot this yep. year before we go head first. Yep. I, I think you got to ask yourself a, que- a couple of questions be- before you start making any sort of buying decisions. One, it's like, what time of the year am I hunting most often? And, and what's my style of hunting, right? Like, am I a tree stand hunter? Am I a guy or gal that's going to hunt elk out West or mule deer out West uh, or anything out West? Like, am I going to be active or am I going to be more stationary? Um, and then when am I doing the majority of my hunting, uh, from, from a seasonality standpoint, do, do I do most of my hunting during the rut in November? Well, that's probably going to be a different answer than if I'm, you know, uh, hunting whitetails in August and in, in South Carolina. Right. Um, so I think like, I think once you kind of answer those questions, you kind of start picking out gear that is going to be relevant to your situation. Um, I think some good, like just all around solid items to, to grab, um, to get started, um, for anybody, regardless of hunting scenario or style, I would say like wick series stuff, your base layers, that's, that's going to be the stuff you're going to be wearing next to skin most often. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with, with anything in that kind of wick franchise, if you will. Um, one of my favorite pieces, I, I wear it 
almost every day of the season, regardless if it's if it's September or if it's December, is the Wick hoodie. Um, I, I love the Wick hoodie. It's it's kind of my my first layer of defense, if you will. Uh, I wear solid ones all throughout the year. I wear them fishing, all that good stuff, even in the summer. But that's kind of like my go-to first layer I'm putting on is is my Wick hoodie. I'm I'm wearing that as an outer layer in the early season and next to skin as my, you know, first line of defense uh, all the way through the late season. Um, we have wick, like a, just a classic wick crew long sleeve. We have a wick short sleeve. And then we also have a quarter zip. If, if you like the quarter zip uh, option to be able to dump heat uh, from the zipper in the front. Um, my preference is the hoodie. So I think, I think that's a great place to start. It's a, it's a good way to, um, you know, kind of break into it and see what the Merino wool is all about, how it, how it performs, how you like it against your skin all that good stuff. Um, same for the base layer. There's a wick base layer. Um, I apologize if you guys hear my dog barking, but you're good. We're a fan of um, dogs. <laughs> uh, so wick, wick, like wick series is, is probably like, would be like my go-to. If I was going to pick something for like an outerwear piece, I'd probably for the whitetail world, I'd probably go catalyst, like whitetail catalyst jacket and bibs. Um, that's just going to be like your most versatile kind of outerwear. It's like a two layer, um, like fleece backed soft shell jacket um, and bibs. Um, and honestly, like I'm wearing that, I, I can get that, you know, from uh, I'm going to, I actually leave for Idaho today, guys, uh, this afternoon for a hunt out there. And I'm packing my catalyst stuff because it's going to be 40 degrees in the mornings out there, but I, it's just not quite the point where I want to obviously bring like a, a fully insulated kit. So I'm bringing the catalyst stuff out there and, and we'll be using that you know, in the mornings when it's cold, um, all the way through to like end of October, um, with the right layers, I can, I can get that thing probably even into November if I needed to, depending on where I'm at. Um, it's just a, it's just a versatile piece that you can, you can, you can layer up underneath to get you further into the season, if that makes sense. Uh, I would second everything that you just said. Right. And I, um, the wick hoodie and I, maybe you won't like this idea, but if anybody's like, trying to pull that uh wants wants to try that you know you don't even have to get it in camo if you want to wear it like you said as yeah. like an outer just a solid color um yep. that's the, and just to get more use out of it but you can also yep. use it as a base layer and the catalyst yep. is something as durable uh i've used that turkey hunting and you hear that oh, yeah. you hear that paul uh and then all the way up to i mean hell if you get a warm november it's like you bet you layer it right. You can wear that all the way through. Or if you're, even if you're in um, gun season, whether you're doing a drive or s- still hunting yep. and, and walking around, that's a nice one. It's quiet and it doesn't, uh, exactly. it allows you to move and, and get the, get the job done. So, yeah. Yeah. If, if it's like, if it's like, you know, 15, 20 degrees and, and, you know, end of November, you're on a rifle hunt or something like that. And you're just sitting in a tree stand. If you layer right, you, you might be all right. But like, if you're if you're down and moving around, that that'd probably be the ticket for for a spot and stalk hunter late in the year, um, uh, on that type of hunt. And then one more thing, I'd, I'd probably just throw in, and since this is primarily a you know we're talking whitetails here, um, one of the new pieces this year that I think is is a staple for for folks that can be you know turkey hunting, whitetail hunting, any of that good stuff is that origin hoodie um is is brand new it's got the built-in face mask the kangaroo pocket in the front um it's it's sweet origin hoodie is is is, would be a great you know kind of mid-layer piece to uh get started with again you could wear you could wear that 
um, you know, in early October as an outerwear piece and wear it all the way through the end of the end of the year is kind of that mid layer, um, um, you know, hiking into your stand and put your jacket on over top of that or whatever origin origin hoodie is, is where it's at huge fan of that one as well we're on the same page man like uh, <laughs> i had one of those i was wearing fishing earlier this year and uh i didn't even think about keeping my face warm and all of a sudden i was like oh cool i got this uh built-in face mask thing to keep my face yep. warm because it was yep. buku cold that morning um and i wore that i wore that turkey out in town with that built-in face mask that's a that's a great turkey hunting piece too there paul keep it keep it coming man <laughs> keep, it, keep it coming uh, Butts, I want to jump in here yeah. real quick. So one of the one of the things for for me that you know I, I knew about first life for years, and I was really unhappy with the the turkey hunting, deer hunting clothes that I was using before. I was always looking for you know kind of that next step. I have like this weird shaped body, right? I'm like this upside down bowling pin, you know, that weighs 300 pounds, and so the fit. I was always nervous because it was. You know, I didn't want to buy something online and it didn't fit right. Uh, when I finally jumped into it, I was very, very surprised at how well the, the clothes fit on, a, on, on just a big guy, right? I mean, that was – I see Steve Ranella running around the woods. I'm like, eh, I'm not built like Steve. Is this going to work for me? So, I mean, how do you guys do that? I mean, how do you, how do you fit clothes that – I mean, I've been buying clothes for decades, double X doesn't matter. And it just doesn't fit right. I, I hated yep. everything that I bought. I bought something from first line. I'm like, well, this is way nicer than I thought it was going to be. So, I mean, how do you guys just like tailor that to, to guys? My yeah, that's a, that, that's a great question. And we've got a, we've got a really talented and skilled product team. And I know a lot of time goes into R and D and measuring and testing stuff. Like, um, you know, through our product cycles, we're always trying to, to, um, uh, tweak the fit and make sure that it's fitting like a, a wide variety of, of body types. Um, Cause you're certainly right. I mean, uh, everyone's a little bit different. So it's like, you have some like base metrics to hit. And, and again, the product guys could probably speak product guys and gals could probably speak a lot better to this, but like we try to, we try to get, uh, you know, folks that are, are a, a variety of body styles and, and shapes and all that kind of stuff in that stuff right from the very beginning as we start, you know, um, designing stuff and, and make sure it fits how it should, um, across the wide variety. And, and some things are going to fit some people one way and, and the others other ways. So, um, we try to do the best we can and it is a challenge. Um, and I know, like I said, the product folks could speak a lot better to that. Um, and, and that's also a tricky part about being direct to consumer, right? I mean, we're not in, stores we're we're online and, and direct to consumer so like there's some opportunities for folks to get out and see our stuff maybe at certain events and things like that but you know 98 percent of the time it's going to be folks that are going on our website and saying you know what i want to get that origin hoodie um i'm just not sure how it's going to fit well, i need you know that call our customer service team we've got a great group of customer service folks that you know, uh, some specialize in whitetail, some specialize in, in Western big game, some specialize, in, uh, you know, across both. So like, you're going to get somebody on the phone that's right there in Idaho that can talk you through like, okay, give them, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm this tall. I weigh this much. These are some of my measurements. Um, you know, what would you suggest? And, and they're usually pretty dialed on, on what they're suggesting in terms of the correct size. And, and, you know, 
and at the end of the day, if you get something and it doesn't fit quite right, we do have like free exchanges, um, you know, for items that are purchased at, at full price. So um, there's there's ways to get around some of that if, if something doesn't fit. You know, we'll, we'll work with you and, and make sure you you're happy with your item and, and you get what you get what you want. You know, if your product guys are ever like, hey, we need a model that's like an upside down <laughs> bowling pin with an 84 inch wingspan, I'm your guy, Josh. Keep me, keep me in mind. So. No, yeah, I'll put that one in my notebook here. It is. Yeah, it I is. was very, very, yeah, very, very happy with the fit. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was shocked when I put on, I bought the Origin, or not the, I, I bought the Wick long sleeve. Yep. I'm like, there's no way this is going to fit me. And it just, I mean, I love it. I'm, I'm very, very happy with the fit. That's been such a frustration for me, uh, you know, throughout my, my hunting career. So good on you guys. Awesome. And you guys, good to hear it. That, it is, it is pretty incredible. Paul and I have a very different, um, body builds but it does work very well you have a great website when it comes to picking out the products i, I love check the reviews people tell you what they think you've got yep. the little it's a little dial or whatever that shows you know how does it fit you know most people that reviewed it yep. the fit they feel the the temperature it'll go Your down size, to charts yes. yeah so yep. you guys put yeah, there's it, all that kind of stuff on there yeah for sure so all right now if you're gonna go dive in full you know, head first, drinking the Kool-Aid, and we're going to go to the late season stuff, right? Yep. Because I think that's, yep. from a whitetail perspective, that's about as heavy duty as it goes. Um, can you just give us a quick rundown of the difference between, like, the solitude and the sanctuary? Um, I'll just let you talk about it because I don't want to say anything that I might have interpreted wrong. Yeah. No, I, I that's, that's perfect. So, um Solitude and Sanctuary are kind of both of our, our insulated uh, jacket and bib systems. Um, that Solitude kit is going to be more like when, I, when I'm wearing that, it's going to be like most of November, early December. So like that's kind of like my like quote unquote rut kit, if you will. That's going to get me through those all day sits in November and those temperatures that are dropping down into the, the 20s and teens. And, you know, teens is probably getting down to the spot where I might think about switching over to Sanctuary. But like... Um, I think for like, we're talking like Ohio, like if I'm going to, if I'm going to try to build like a, a system for you guys in Ohio, like the solitude is going to be like um, the workhorse for you guys, probably like when you're doing the majority of your hunting, like I, I definitely would suggest catalysts for some of the early season stuff. Um, but like Ohio, I think a solitude system is going to get you through, you know, a good majority of the year when those temperatures start to drop, you know, into the forties, thirties, twenties, et cetera. If you layer that right, you can, you can take that down even further with like furnace base layers and some of the other insulating uh, pieces that you could put underneath. But, um, and that just got updated this year with the windproof membranes. So that solitude system is now fully windproof. That's going to help it even get even, uh, you know, down further with some of those temperatures by, by blocking that wind. Um, so that's a huge, huge, huge upgrade that people have been asking for for a number of years. And, and we're, we're super excited to be able to finally get that out. You know, we've, we've been wanting to do it for years and years and years, but it's, it's not as, as simple as just slapping a membrane in there and calling it good. We didn't want to compromise the, any of the, the other, you know, the features of, of our gear. And, and a lot of that is the silence, right? Like it's super quiet. Um, anytime you're putting like a, a, a windproof or waterproof or any of that, any of that kind of stuff. A lot of times that material is super crunchy um, and it can impact the the noise level of the garment. So we're finally able to, to work with um, 
uh, some folks that were able to help us get to um, a piece that we felt really good about in terms of one, the wind, the wind proofing uh, ability as, uh, as well as the, the noise that it would, um, you know, not add to the garment. So super excited about that. And then the Sanctuary 2.0 got that same upgraded windproof membrane in as well. So um, both of those kits, the insulated kits are now fully windproof, um, which is a huge step forward. Um, so that solitude, like I said, going to kind of be like my rut kind of um, my November into December um, setup. If I'm like in Minnesota or you know, Wisconsin, Northern Michigan, you know, even, even in Southern Michigan here, um, you know, and, and even in Ohio, I mean, you guys have a late season down there. You guys go to what, February or something. Yep. So, I mean, you can get yourself into some really cold scenarios. Um, you know, in the Dakotas, I, I hunted North Dakota last, last, uh, December, I think it was there like 14th or something like that. And there's wind chills literally like negative 40 degrees. It sounds terrible. Um, and where that's, so, I mean, it's just like, it, it all kind of depends on where you're at, but that, Sure, you point out it's going to be like your bomb proof, like late season kit. It's it's basically like double the insulation of the solitude. Um, and that thing is like for, for as insulated as it is, like a lot of times you get into those late season pieces, you feel like you're like a Michelin man or something like that. Like you can't move the kid from the Christmas story that's just like, yeah, exactly. I think that's like my biggest like um, uh, takeaway from that piece is like you don't feel like that but you're like, it's like an oven, man. Um, it's just so warm and, uh, but you, you still can draw a bow back. You can still do all that. I shot my, my deer in North Dakota last year with that on. And it's like, didn't hinder me at all. Um, so I think it just kind of depends on where you're at. Uh, like regionally, if that's like a piece that you really need, like if I'm in Minnesota or some of these Northern States, like hundred percent and I hunt the late season, hundred percent, I'm getting that, that sanctuary 2.0 for that late season. If I'm in Ohio or Kentucky or, you know, um, some of these other, like a little bit further South Midwestern states, like you might be able to get away with, with, uh, with a solitude all the way through the end of the year, depending on how you layer with base layers or, you know, like pick up that new source jacket, like you could wear that under the solitude and, and, and essentially take you up to that next, um, level for the jacket. Like, uh, it's like, if you wore that, if you wore that source jacket under your solitude jacket, it's it's essentially giving you the same um, insulating properties as the Sanctuary 2.0, um, and you can wear that as an outerwear. So that that's kind of like a versatile piece too that can help kind of get you through some of these late seasons. Um, but yeah, if I'm like where you guys are at, or some of these like states that are kind of on the edge of like getting those super cold like negative temps in, in the late seasons, you could probably you could probably layer that that solitude system correctly and, and get it through your entire year. And especially since it's, it's what, uh, windproof now, I think when sure, I, when yep. I bought the solid, yep. I don't think it had the windproof. So, um, that's definitely, that's huge, man. And I agree with you. I yeah, that's you- new as like July. I think anything like ordered after July or something like that has, a, has the windproofing in it. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. huge. Yeah. Months by my solitude's windproof. Look at you, man. I <laughs> so I, I i do i do want to talk you talked about shooting a bow i was i, I liked yeah. how the sleeves on the source jacket the solitude jacket they're kind of tapered but they're not like yep. obnoxiously tapered to where you don't like you feel restricted so i think that's an important you know for the yeah, bow hunter we've all had those big puffy jackets that get in the way yep. so 
it's definitely something you know that's definitely like top of mind on on product development teams like um you know mine when they're when they're putting these things together is like having like a shooter's cut and being having the ability to draw a bow back not only like in your forearm but also like when you're at full draw you're not getting any uh you know, tightness in your shoulders and your back or anything like that um that that's definitely something we, we think about a lot when designing our stuff and i think another another feature too i i had to show my wife i put the i put the jacket on i'm like oh my god this is amazing is the turret hood how it mm-hmm. doesn't I, I like you just turn your head and and it stays there but your field of view is fully exposed. I mean, I'm standing in front of the mirror, just going back and forth, moving my head. Like this is insane. Can you take yep. a, can so you talk, take a video? About what that is. Can you take a video of that next time you're doing that, Paul? That... I absolutely will do that. I, I show my wife, I show my daughters. I'm like, look at this hood. Dad's lost. It. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. And I, and, and on the catalyst and I, and I believe the solitude, you can remove the hoods as well. So if you're not like a hood guy, um, you can take those right off too. Um, I know sometimes, like, if I'm not expecting it, like, a lot of times what I'll do, if, if, if I know it's not going to rain or snow or anything like that, I'll just take my hood off and, and leave it in my pack. And then, like, if there's going to be, like, a little storm coming or just, like, a quick little rain shower or something like that, I'll, I'll pull that out and just and just zip it back on real quick. It's all the, – the outerwear there is, is DWR treated, so it's going to help – it's going to get you through a little bit of a, a quick little rainstorm or something like that. Um but yeah, I'll, I'll, like a lot of times, I'm I'm not a huge hood guy, um, but I, I always have them with me in case I need them um, for a little extra warmth or or to help with some precipitation that may be coming. But yeah, you can you can like cinch down from the like the middle on the back of the hood to get um, a form fitting to your head a little bit more, and then uh, by the uh, on either side by like your your uh, both sides of your jaw or whatever, so you can kind of really get that tighten down and, and really block out, you know, get, get some good coverage where you're not getting, you know, wind or, or whatever, cold air getting down in through your jacket. And then, yeah, when you move your head, your that hood is moving with you and it's not obstructing your, your peripheral, uh, peripheral vision or anything like that. You get a good field of vision, um, which is super important, obviously, when you're uh, in a tree stand. All right. So wrapping up the whitetail stuff here, Key things take away. If you're going base layer, start with the wick uh, hoodie. Um, if you just want that real good kind of early to mid-season, the catalyst system is good. And then if you're going to go for more of the late-season stuff, the, the, the solitude is, is maybe something to consider. Outside of that, like you've got mm-hmm. different layers of base layer warmth, right? Yep. So do we just so we cover that three. real quick? Yeah, yeah, sure. We got three layers of, of base layers um, in, in the merino wool. So you got your wick series, which is going to be your 150 gram, like your lightweight base layer. You've got the kiln, which is 250 grams. That's that merino X. So it's 95% merino, 5% spandex. Um, uh, that's going to be that comes in both tops and bottoms. Uh, all of these are in tops and bottoms. Um, and then there's some variations depending on the piece, like. Uh, I believe kiln and furnace have zip off legging options that you can, uh, you know, definitely like there's an application for those in, in the whitetail world. I think those are probably primarily meant for Western hunters who are, you know, trying to shed layers as the day warms up and they're hiking around and everything. But I, I wear, I wear some zip offs in the whitetail woods too. If, if I'm having all day sitting, you know, starting Tur- to warm up midday. The Turkey man, Turkey woods. Yeah. It can be Turkey, cold yeah. there in the spring. Yeah. And then you start hiking around by midday. It's, yeah. you know, that's, 
where it's I like, found them. It's like one of those things like, you, you don't, oh, I don't know if I'd really use that, but like once you have it, it's like, oh, I do use that, right? Um, yep. And then uh, furnace, the furnace base layers, which I, I might have to say are my favorite. Um, like they're just incredible. Uh, the, the warmth that those things give off, it's just like, oh gosh, late season hunting. If, if you do any sort of late season hunting, you got to get yourself some, some furnace base layers. Um, that's in a, a quarter zip in the top and, uh, also like a, a long John. And those things are, are just, uh, like I said, incredible for those late season hunts. So those are the three, the three levels, wick, kiln and furnace. Beautiful. Um, Paul uh, and Josh, I know you're kind of the whitetail expert guy, but do we, Paul, do you want to have, do you have any questions on the, the waterfowl stuff? I know you're more of a, more of a bird, bird brained, um, type of person. I, I do. I, can you, can you talk about the type of pattern and just kind of the thought process behind behind that because it's it's a very unique pattern I feel like to the wire to the to the waterfowl marsh and, and fields yeah yeah um, I'm just gonna completely preface this by saying I actually haven't worn any of the waterfowl gear so take this all with um, from a white tailor's perspective here I, I, I'm I am in uh, I've done a little bit of waterfowl hunting, but I, I'm certainly, um, you know, my fall is, is, uh, taken up by, by whitetail hunting. I have, a, I have a hard time not going to sit in a tree stand to do something else. But my goal is to do a little bit more waterfowl hunting here in, in the future, mainly because I want to try some of the stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean that the, the typha, the typha pattern is going to be more your, your marsh style hunting. Um, you know, like all of our patterns it has been specifically designed, um, using some of the algorithms that we've come up with for our fusion and our cipher and specter, like using using uh, kind of like some natural based uh, shapes, things that are happening, shapes that are happening in um, in nature, and and putting those into a pattern. Um, it's going to be effective for the, the species that we're after. Um, so that it's the same kind of thing. Like it's not just like throwing something on a, on a, on a clothing garment and, and going with it. I mean, there's a lot of thought, a lot of R and D, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hours have gone into, to making this stuff. Um, I I've seen the waterfall stuff and, in, and in, in person, like got to touch it and feel it. Um, the stuff is, the stuff's awesome. Um, the guy, uh, the, uh, Logan Williamson is the, is the product manager there on the waterfall side. He's a waterfall fanatic and he, he, uh, he did just an amazing job bringing bringing that line to to fruition, and it's gonna it's gonna keep expanding. There's gonna be more and more that are coming down the more and more items coming down the pipe on on the waterfall line. A lot of things to be excited about there. Awesome. Uh, let's see. We're just gonna throw some random questions out here. First of all, you, Josh, surprised me pleasantly last week when the drop of the transfer pack came <laughs> out because uh, I've been sitting here telling Paul, man, I really need a backpack, man. I really need a backpack. I really need a backpack. <laughs> and uh, when I like, I think I was flipping through Instagram and I jumped out of bed and my wife's like, what the hell's wrong with you? But like, I was so excited. <laughs> so um, can you, can you tell us anything about that? Yeah, man. Um, transfer pack coming very, very soon. Uh, I don't know when you're going to launch this, this episode. Um, what is today? Tuesday. Can I can I say the date? Is that fine? It's not yeah, yeah, anything. You're good. Today's today's this uh September thirteenth. It's gonna be here very soon. Um it's it's a sweet backpack. I got a chance to to use it all last year. Um I, I know uh you've been you've been bugging me about uh 
when we've been trying to set up this uh, time to chat, like, okay, is that is that the rest of the new products coming out? I was like, uh, I don't know. See, <laughs> it's kind of like pushing you off, pushing you off a little bit, and it actually worked out good. We had to reschedule a couple times to where this is actually out, but um, yeah, man, whitetail specific pack um, uh, thing's sweet. It's uh, it's a super feature rich uh, backpack. This is not just some like um, backpack you go get off the shelf and it's got a you know one one pocket on the outside and you got the you know the middle pockets this is not how it is it's like super well thought out like down to like every strap has a uh a specific use and, and thought behind it um so it's uh it's it's like a it can be used as like just from someone that's got a bunch of preset stands just carrying their gear in for the day to someone that's carrying, carrying, you know, hauling in everything from sticks in a stand or sticks in a saddle platform, you know, back two miles in, in the public land. I mean, it's just, um, it's kind of a do it all backpack. Um, it's got like a built in tow rope or like a bow rope, which is awesome. Like, I don't know, like always is such a simple thing to forget in the truck or in your, you know, bin or whatever. It's like a tow rope. You get to the tree. It's like, Oh, geez. Um, it's got a built-in tow rope. It's got a, a tree stand carry mode, so you can take like the the frame off the bag, attach the the tree stand directly to the frame, and then attach the bag to that. It sounds um, uh, like something you could forget how to do, but we've conveniently put directions on the <laughs> on the frame for folks to be able to do it. Um, there's actually, I think, within just last like yesterday or the day before, put out a whole kind of video with with greg farrell who's our whitetail product line manager kind of walking through all the the features of the bag um you know if, if you don't need the full you know the full carrying capacity of the bag you can kind of cinch it down and make it into a little bit smaller of a of a footprint um or you can have the thing loaded up it's got you know uh interior pockets for organization um you know you can hang it open from the tree and have access to to everything in a conveniently organized uh, manner. Um, it, it, was, it was definitely put together by a serious whitetail hunter. Um, and, and you can see that when you start messing around with it. Yeah, it looks really sweet. So, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I'm, I'm excited to, for people to get their hands on that and see what they think. Let's see here. What else are we going to ask you? You kind of answered some of my questions earlier, but um, I think one of the most overlooked pieces potentially would be the origin hoodie. Uh, just throw mm-hmm. that out there because yep. you think it's just a sweatshirt, but man, it's like the greatest sweatshirt it's, you've ever owned. Yeah, awesome. So, if if there is one piece from the western side, I'm just curious what you'll say. Yeah, uh, from the western yeah. side that you think is like worth it, and when I say that, I mean you could, for whatever purpose, whether it's hunting or day to day. What what would you what would you pick out? Oh, that's a good question. Um, like day to day stuff, like uh i wear that brooks down sweater like the sweater jacket the little uh puffy jacket the brooks down is like kind of like my everyday uh jacket love that thing um i did gosh i'm trying to think i've never worn that i've never worn that in a white tail scenario although i'm sure people do like wearing it under stuff um and just love that jacket yeah for the record even though it says western or whitetail on the website oh, yeah. you can wear them both together at the same time I mean, there's crossover I mean, our, our stuff yeah our stuff is versatile um obviously i mean stuff is built for a specific reason um and like 
that reason, you know, is, is kind of the primary use, but there's no reason why people can't, you know, if, if you, if you're in a pinch or if you just like, Hey, you know, what? I'm going to try this for this, you know, people do that all the time, kind of creating their own system of what makes sense for their style and how they want to do things and all that stuff. Um, and we try to make it easy for folks and, and provide like, Hey, this is the best use case scenario, but certainly it's not going to, um, be a, uh, you know, broad brush for it for everybody. Right. Right. Um, on the pants, I, I like love the corrugate boundary pants. Um, uh, those, those are great ones, um, that I, I wear the solids for hiking around and, and actually wear those a lot doing like, uh, trees, like prepping trees or, or, um, shed hunting or all that kind of stuff. Corrugate boundary pants are great. The saw bucks are great for that same kind of stuff. Um, it's more like an upland kind of bird, uh, like a, you know, like a brush pant type, uh, pant, which is great. Um, and obviously like all the base layers, right? Like those are all multi-use. Um, there's no differentiation other than camel patterns on the, the wick kiln and, and furnace series and same with like origin hoodies. So there are a lot of like crossover, crossover pieces for sure. All right. So if I had to, this call me a loser, but if I had to pick one, I mean, I really like the sawbuck pants too, but man. The guide light shorts are like my favorite thing. You give me that in origin hoodie and I'm like set. It's that perfect like fall weather. Oh man. I mean, it's not great for tromping around in uh, poison ivy and stuff like that, but for a day to day thing, it's the, I really, yeah. Fishing or day out. Yeah. Going to the store or whatever. Yeah. Guide light shorts. Okay. Paul, Paul, you got any more questions? No, I'm good. Josh. Thanks for, thanks for hopping on, man. Really appreciate you. Yeah. Absolutely. But what do you guys, um, let, let me ask you guys a question. What do you guys got in the works for, for whitetail plans this year? What, what, you, what hunts you guys got coming up? Oh man, we, I, I've got a busy year. I'm going to Kentucky for whitetail hunt. Obviously I'll be in Ohio and then we have a combo. Andrew and I are headed to Drummond Island, Michigan up, uh, oh, up your Kentucky. way. So yeah, yeah. yeah looking, looking forward that. to that. Man. Yeah. What about you? What do you got planned? You got anything cool coming up? Uh, gosh, I got a, a full slate again this year. Um, uh, got back from South Carolina a couple of weeks ago. I leave for Idaho, uh, this evening. Uh, as soon as I get done here, I'm going to take care of a couple work things and start packing the truck to, to drive out to Idaho. Um, be out there for about a week chasing whitetails. Um, go down to Georgia first week of October. Um, Hope, hoping to bounce back and forth a little bit between Ohio and, and home. Obviously, Michigan had those those tags, and then the one I'm, I'm most excited about this year is I drew a Kansas tag. So I'll be I'll be hitting up Kansas in November. Sounds like a good time to be in Kansas. That'll uh, be yeah, yeah. That that one's a bucket list one. I had that. I checked one off last year with Iowa. That was one I was waiting forever to do, and and uh, finally finally had the opportunity to get out to Kansas. So. That's awesome. Back to back good years for some sweet states. Well, where can people find you on Instagram so that they can uh, keep up with your success this fall? Yeah, no, I probably need to do a better job of, of being active on there. I, I just get in the swing of things like like social media, but I, I, gosh, I just I don't we're with you. a ton on there. But um, I, Instagram, I think my 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 uh, username is like at Josh Hilliard. Um, is probably the best place to, to follow along. And the website for all that we've talked about today is firstlight.com. Yeah, firstlight.com. 
Pete's Cake and, and uh, they're on all the, the social platforms uh, as well. So make sure to give them a follow, you know, sign up for our newsletters and stay up to date on everything coming down the pipe. Awesome. And uh, if you happen to be in Haley, Idaho, you can check out your first retail store, right? Yeah, just, yeah, that's a great, great, uh, great thing to, to mention. We just opened our first kind of flagship store just within the last couple of weeks. I haven't, I haven't been out there to see it yet. So uh, it looked can't, cool. Can't wait. I was supposed to go out there a couple of weeks ago and, and, uh, and got sick. Couldn't go out there. So I'm, I'm excited to get out there and see it. Awesome. Well, Josh, I appreciate your time and uh, good luck this fall, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. You too. Appreciate, appreciate you having me on and, and the opportunity. And yeah, best of luck this fall. Yep. Take care. Thanks, Josh.